welcome to the Beyond Birth podcast. Join us each week as we take the conversation of motherhood beyond birth. I'm your co-host, Liz Winters, a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified pre- and postnatal coach, BirthFit regional director, and mama. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Jenny Anderson, mama, doula, and fellow BirthFit regional director. Our hope is to inspire, educate, and empower women as they navigate pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood with evidence-based guidance, informative interviews, and entertaining anecdotes from our perspectives as moms, entrepreneurs, and birth professionals. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's dive in. we dive into that. Can I tell you that I have gotten some of the best DMs of my life in this last week? What? From like yeah. friends? No, from people I don't know. How do you keep getting the strangers? <laughs> I need more stranger love. That's weird. Not what I meant. <laughs> Not what you meant. <laughs> I need more stranger good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm really excited because I feel like um, we've, so you and I've been recording now for almost almost two months, right? Mm-hmm. But the podcast has only been out for a month, mm-hmm. but we're starting to like, so it feels like we've been talking to nobody. <laughs> I know it still does a little bit. I know it still does. I think too, that what I really liked about Jack's episode when I listened to it back mm-hmm. is the fact that I was like completely myself. Like normally when I say the word vagina, even in like a doula meeting, there's like this like old Catholic girl in me that's like vagina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, in my head, I'm like, come on, girl. But like in Jack's, I was like, and then my vagina. And then because it was so, it was just like, I'm not, I'm not right. quoting this at all. And I kind of cussed when I felt right to cuss. And I kind of talked about sex with Fred when I feel comfortable. And so many times the Catholic girl inside of me was like, is that appropriate? Is that appropriate? Like, and so I really hope that going forward, I can find that rhythm a little bit easier on topics that aren't as maybe heavy, but like, I would love to find that rhythm. Right. So I really appreciated that about listening back to it and like, yeah just being myself. I've had so many friends reach out and be so sweet. And so like, like, I think I know it's not, I know it's not right to be happy that people are crying, but when I hear that people are crying, I feel like the, the honesty of our podcast is coming through. Right. Like, well, the message is getting across and it's, it's resonating with people. And that's what like is bringing me a lot of joy. Even if like, it's something silly, like, Oh my God, I'm a three, (laughs) two. Oh my God. That's so awesome. Yeah, so I'm not getting those crazy people. Maybe because you're more active on on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, and I like when people tag us in their stories. That's been really fun. You should see those. They're tagging Birdie. How come I'm not seeing them? They don't pop you up. Gotta, you gotta look in your in, you gotta look in your Instagram inbox. <laughs> but I swear I do. But I only get like one, like maybe oh. one a day. Are they expiring too fast? Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe. But anyway, it's exciting. Yeah. So thank you all, and we're officially rated on iTunes. That was the best text message of my life. That was so awesome. I love that. <laughs> it's like the little wins when you're first starting out in this project, right? I feel like that's a big win. I feel like yeah. right now, too, I want to check again and see if we have more people who who <laughs> us. I'm obsessive quantitative mind that way, by the way. Right. What happened today? What changed today? What? what is How did that on? number shift? Um, yeah. Oh, seven, I have about- seven ratings. Oh, look at us go. It might have been. One might have been Jenny Anderson. That's fine. One's definitely Liz Winters. It's cool. <laughs> but one is definitely not my mother. Like my parents don't know what they're doing on iTunes. So right. stop, stop my parents. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, so that was, I kind of love that. Yeah. But, um, but okay. Kind of along the same lines of, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sweep this around so we can talk about our episode topic today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, along the lines of like DMS and chatting with people. And like you and I were chatting about, um, people really resonating with your story before I hit record. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got to learn that lesson. <laughs> I just got to hit record as soon as we get on. Um, but today we're going to be talking about holding space mm-hmm. for people as birth mm-hmm. professionals, holding space as parents, um, holding space as friends. <laughs> and then 
getting into some kind of like ways to set boundaries and do some self-care practice around those like kind of job requirements, right? Like part of our job is to hold space, Mm -hmm. right? I think a big part of our job is holding space, but unfortunately, I don't think that um, people maybe maybe aren't embracing holding the space in their personal life as much, you know, so people are coming to us and they're expecting us to hold space and we're doing that because we understand that's part of our job. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, maybe I need a little bit more practice of holding space on a personal level for people in my life, you know, not when I know I'm on the clock, but when I maybe... Um, yeah, aren't ready to hold space. And I have to practice that dropping into that and, and letting my kind of opinion stay in my head. Like exercising the same patience for your partner that you would for anybody else that would walk through your door. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, theoretically, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he really need all that? Damn. Yes. Yes, Liz. Yes. You it's are like in the truth. Constant, like it. <laughs> constant practice on this end. Right. Like, I can't believe you ate that. I would never say that to a client. Right? Never say that to a client. Oh I mean, we, I would could, never we even could jump into that. that. We would do the same thing. We would say the same thing to ourselves sometimes that we would oh my gosh. never right. say to a client. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit about what holding space, what that means? Because I think it's like one of those terms that kind of gets thrown around yeah. in the woo, in the yeah, woo yeah. world. Right. People are like holding space. You're like, yeah, I totally hold space. I have no idea what that fuck is. Yeah. Um, so I read a great Huffington Post article that we can link to in the show notes and it had a definition. I'm just going to read it to you. Um, when you hold space for someone, you bring your entire presence to them. You walk along with, with them without judgment, sharing their journey to an unknown destination, yet you're completely willing to end up wherever they need to go. You give your heart, let go of control and offer unconditional support. And when you do, both of you heal, grow and transform. Hot damn twinkle mic drop on that one i know well it wasn't me but yeah (laughs) but also don't (laughs) y'all we've been doing 20 minutes of me trying to figure out how to put this back together so my god (laughs) no go um so yeah so what do you think when i read that aloud to you Ooh, i i like the walking along with them without judgment piece i think and like that unknown destination yeah i mean i I think maybe because when i talk to you i'm automatically like pulled into the birth world but even, even this is like something I can think about with, um, with Edith, like, you know, we're, we're, she's two and a half. We're experiencing a lot of big feelings, like we call them in our house. <laughs> and it takes a lot to not just like snap being like, why are you whining again? Being like, okay, let me just like get on your level right now right. and like walk through this with you. I understand like the fact that the purple marker lid is on the ground and you want to pick it up and not me, that is clearly very important to you. Right. But I mean, that's also a way of holding space, right? Like I, I think it's idiotic that I can't just pick it up and move on with our day. And, but to her, it's super important. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point that holding space is not an hour long, um, cry fest of therapy and venting and, Mm -hmm. and let's go super deep into it. It could be 10 seconds of you, biting back this like this is illogical and just (laughs) saying oh this is really important to you okay I'm there for you no problem like it doesn't my opinion my hope for a destination what I think should happen it's kind of it's kind of irrelevant right um we were having a long so I'm in yoga teacher training right now which I'm super excited about and um we were having lots of talks about um yamas and niyamas which I can like go into later but just different parts of yoga um, philosophy kind of. And one of them is this idea of truthfulness. And I know we've talked about it before, but this, this knowledge in your heart that what was true for you in an experience, um, might not be the other person's version of the truth. And so like, think about any of your memories as a child and you're like, Oh no, it happened this way on Christmas morning. And maybe your sibling or your parent is like, it absolutely did not but that was your truth and you've been living with that truth and that is their truth. And they've been living with that truth. And, and to let both of those truths exist, like you don't have to argue and say, no, you've got it wrong. Or for your example with Edith, like, no, it's completely illogical that you have to pick it up and not me. Like her truth is, is that she needs to pick up that marker. And your truth is that what does it really matter? Those can actually kind of coexist at the same time. Because they're each your truths. 
Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And even like, so that's like looking back, like retrospectively, even like moving forward, I like this, like going back to that definition, um, that unknown destination. So this is, I feel like super important as, as we work in the birth world where like we bring our own experience of pregnancy, of loss, of birth into that room with us. And it's going to inform how we sit and hold space with clients, right? And how, you know, somebody's sharing like how they're <clears throat> moving through pregnancy. That's definitely going to, like my own birth experience is going to impact how I view their choices, right? But that's not, that's not me holding space, right? So my job is to kind of take that hat off, if you will. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. know where I'm going with this, but. Well, I also, I'm, I, I think that I'm going to pull from it where I think you're going. And Perfect. That's my truth. And maybe it's not your truth, but this is where we're living right now. <laughs> I feel like um, we're in couples therapy. I know you are. I speak my truth. <laughs> um, the, like what you mentioned, how our experiences will always not only uh, contribute to how we respond to them, like actually respond to them, but kind of as like, it's also just going to feed into like where we maybe warn them about, or be, you know, be aware of this. I don't mean more like bad things. I just mean like, Oh, be aware of this because that was our experience. And so I really make a point in my, any conversation I have with a doula client, if they ask a question, I respond with the statement as a doula versus as a mother. And what I try to say there is as a mother, my experience with Pitocin was fill in the blank. As a doula, I could tell you all the stuff about Pitocin and whatnot, but those are two very different things, but they're both my truth. So I just want, I want them to know, my clients to know, um, that I'm aware that my experiences have influenced what I tell them and they should be aware of that also. I think that's so smart. I think we, we do that when we teach our childbirth ed classes too. I mean, I can go through like even something as simple as like, um, labor and comfort positions being like, that one does not work. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) That was my experience. (laughs) That might not be yours. That's fine. Here are lots of options and things like that. Right. Um, but what about this kind of just, you know, somebody comes in. I mean, we can even relate it back to last week's episode where like you were sharing like just a really intense and beautiful story. And my job was not necessarily to make you feel better about it or to offer any advice at the end of it, but just create a safe space for you to share that with our millions of listeners, because we have millions of listeners. I just know it. We do. So two things. The first is, is that we recorded that last week, but maybe remember we flip flopped episodes. Oh, so that's true. The next one. So two weeks ago, but that's as we're recording point. this, you guys, we had mo- most recently recorded Jack's story. Um, so that's where Liz is going with that. Um, yeah. I think it's this idea of, of when, when you're in a situation like that, which is a really deep situation of holding space that we do a lot in the birth work community. And for any of our mamas, not mamas who are listening, for our birth workers who are listening, I think this is an important episode for them to self-care through holding space. Um, you and I had a, a very honest conversation about whether the recording of that episode was right for both of us. And where I hope that you felt that you could say, I'm, I don't think I can hold space of that nature for that length of time in this way. Like that, I think that that is you speaking your truth, speaking honestly. And I would never, for me, I could never be vulnerable and raw and honest if I felt that I had to take care of you during the recording. And so knowing that Liz has done some self, like, like retrospective work, is that right? Maybe not right. Okay. And, um, but you've done some work of like, kind of, you know, asking yourself the difficult questions. And then when you came to me and said, yeah, let's do this. I trusted in you almost more than I trusted in myself. It was like, no, Liz is Liz. I trust her that she's going to be honest with me. And so once you're honest with me, then it lets me just be vulnerable. And so, yeah, kind of, um, I really appreciate that, that you were, um, honest with yourself. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons why that episode is long, right? It's a long episode because I knew that I knew that I couldn't do two episodes of that. Like I was like, I couldn't do this one sit down with this. And like, and then I had to do a lot of like self-care after that episode. Yeah. Um, But I want to go back to that, like that sense of um, 
when you are assuming or asking somebody to hold space for you, or you assuming that the person on the other end is going to be able to hold space. And then you start to share and you realize <laughs> that they are not going to be able to make it. And then you start to like hold space for them holding space for you. And it just becomes this back and forth. And I feel like any, I, lots of people have experienced this in lots of different scenarios, but I think this is one of the biggest things that I find myself experiencing as we um, kind of still are, I mean, obviously always we'll be navigating this, um, our most recent loss, but just this um, <laughs> sense of, you know, all people will ask me questions about Elliot's story and I'll, I'll share, but all of a sudden I, I can feel myself like wrapping around them, protecting them, making sure they feel okay when it's like the tragic thing has happened to me, (laughs) you know? Um, and then I'll, I'll do that kind of laugh thing that I just did there where I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to like ease the room and make it more comfortable. But I mean, even for some of my closest friends, I was like, you, you, you can't handle this and that's okay. But it's just, it's a really interesting, um, kind of thing to acknowledge and notice how other people can hold space for different things. And I think, I think what I'm trying to get at is, is just being aware of when you find yourself protecting others to protect yourself. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think we actually mentioned it briefly in last week's episode about the birth team is that if you're in your um, space where you're literally birthing your baby, whether it's at home birth or a birth center or a hospital, and you have a family member or a friend come in that you all of a sudden feel like what they're thinking, they're doing, they're feeling that you have to protect that in some way, be aware of it in some way, that's you naturally trying to hold space for them. And, and this is a time in your life that people need to be holding space for you. And that's when you have to kind of weed through those people and say, I love you, Susie, making up a name. I, I don't have a friend named Susie. I mean, if I do, I didn't forget about you, Susie. I love you. Um, <laughs> but like, but like Susie, you, you know, come see me after the birth. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're any less of a friend. This just isn't your skill set. This isn't where I could use you the most. And that's sometimes a really hard thing to hear as a friend, you know? Right. Um, so I understand that saying these things is really hard, especially to those of us that are more of like, a, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or tend, you know, like to tend to people. But um, it's just not everybody can hold space um, for the right topic, for the right length of time in the right environment. Like it's, there's a lot of factors. Right. And maybe we can talk uh, briefly about like what holding space isn't. It isn't necessarily like jumping in with advice, right? It's not, you're not trying to solve a problem for somebody. No. Have I ever told you my, um, my man dog with a bone on his nose story? Tell us, just tell us all. Okay. If you like, if you ever like picture, like when you think you're venting to your husband or that he's holding space, I'm using husband because that's my experience. Sorry, anybody, your man. Um, and you're sharing with them and you're like, you just want them to hear without guiding or letting opinion or judgment or like, this is where we should go. They're like a dog with a bone on its nose balanced there. And the whole time you're talking and like, let's make something up. Like, I just don't know what to do about this because you know, I don't know. I'm speaking a high squeaky voice. Like we're all more mature than that. You know, you're giving them this like dilemma you have, or it's this emotional problem you have. And the whole time, all they're focused on is the answer that they think is right, which is in fact the bone on their nose. So they're like cross-eyed staring at this answer. Like I got the answer. I got the answer. When she can be done? I got the answer. I'm just going to stare at this bone. God, such a good answer. Oh, can't wait to tell her. It's such a good bone. Mm, love this. And then the you know, we're done talking and it's like somebody told that dog is go ahead and eat that bone. And they like do that head swoop bone catch thing. And they're like, okay, let me tell you everything. Like, no, like they spent the whole time focusing on what they thought the answer was. And they missed the whole point that I didn't need your brilliant bone answer. I needed you just to make eye contact with me and not be distracted and listen to me. Oh my God. Preach. So next time your husband does that, be like, don't be the dog with the bone, honey. Oh my don't God. do it. Yeah. Well, and it's like, not just, Shane is pretty good. I, I have to like, stop and be like, <laughs> I'm not trying to, I, I don't need you to fix this. And sometimes I'll start the conversation off that way mm-hmm. because, you know, like, and it's not him. It's just like people in general, we want to help. We want to be supportive. We want to help fix things. Right. But sometimes you just need somebody to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so much I, what we, 
go ahead. I would say I, like, I start the conversation off with like, I'm not really looking for a solution here. I just need to talk this out. And he's like, okay, like, let's talk it out. And like, that's, that's our, our cue. That's so awesome. I think too, like what you were just saying about people wanting to help and wanting to provide an answer is, you know, kind of just how we communicate with each other nowadays. Everything is real quick and real fast. And so when you actually, I mean, do we really ever all that often just get together just to, to share, connect, philosophize, is that a word? Probably not. Philosoph. Anyways. Um, like, but like that idea of we're always kind of distracted on the go. Like, what do you need? Can I fix that for you real quick? Nope. Like, oh, your shoes untied. Let me get it. In the meantime, your toddler's like, no, there was a, there was a reason. You're like, oh, I missed that. I, I was just looking at the, the action I needed to do. Action, action, action. Instead of um, res- like more like response, like right. that's not an action, but that is a, an a awareness of what's going on with them, an acknowledgement and a, um, you know, it, like I, I use the word acknowledgement, like kind of looking them in the eye and being like, I see you. I got that. Validation, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard of um, this like parenting technique? I'm going to use it because I didn't make it up. But um, when your child is having these like kind of ridiculous tantrums and you, and you literally like your logical mom brain is like, why are we whining? A, could you, could we pull it together for a second just so it's easier for us to communicate B or like this is, you know, you want to just tell them how they're wrong sort of thing. This tactic that really helped me to slow down and kind of hold space for my toddler is to just repeat whatever she's upset about. So like Edith with the marker and like, <laughs> no, I want to put the marker lid on. And you're thinking like, can I just do it? We're in a hurry. Why are you screaming at me? Calm down. You just kind of repeat and you go, Oh, you want to put the marker lid on. And whenever I do it to Mac, she like with the big crocodile tears, tears, excuse me, is like, nodding her head I'm like oh that's okay that was an important thing to say like the other day Mac it was a whole fruit snack issue you guys there's a whole fruit snack fiasco and it just came down to me saying you're mad because you didn't get a fruit snack and she was sniffling and yeah okay and I don't even know where to go from there I don't even know where to go but it it kind of the validation does something to their panic Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That's like, that's a tactic we've been, um, (laughs) attempting and I like attempting to implement here because it's so hard when you're like caught up in the moment because your own emotions again, influence how you're going to interact with your kiddo. Right. And so we're going from this, like Edith, stop crying. You're fine. Which like those words, I think probably left my mouth this morning, (laughs) even though I'm like, wait, no, hold on. We're trying to acknowledge to this, like, Hey, like I can see you're upset. Like what, like what's going on? It's like just acknowledging, like, I see that you're crying. It's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. That's something we're really, really working on here. Same here. It's just like, it's, it's okay for you to emote. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually did that with the marker this morning. I was like, Oh, do you need to pick this up? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't want the marker. Okay. You don't want the marker. I want the marker. So then you get into that loop and that's really right. fun. Um, so I don't really know how to get out of that one either, but uh-uh. <laughs> We'll have a parenting expert come on soon. I mean, totally. And I'm definitely in the stage with you of, of wanting her to know, like they're literally, this was what happens on a daily basis, if not multiple times a day. Oh my God, stop crying. I mean, no, it's okay to cry. Could you just not whine or tantrum or could we just bring it down about three octaves, right? <laughs> Can we go try That comes out of my mouth all the time. Like my gut just is like, stop crying. Then I'm like, no, it's okay to cry. But could we, could we bring it down just a little bit to become communicative? Yeah. Can you, can <laughs> you, you loop me in? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Oh, it's so, um, it's so hard. Yeah. And I liked, I came across another article about kind of explaining this for guys because we, you and I are women and not that we, not that we need space held for us more than men, by the way. No, I think that everybody needs an equal holding space, but I have found that in my, um, circle of friends, men and women, that more women are kind of aware of this idea. So I just don't know that many men, as many men are aware of the idea. So I like this article because it was kind of breaking it down for them. Not, hey men, here's how to hold space for women. It was like, have you guys heard your women talking about this or heard anybody talking about this? Are you interested in what this is? Let's tell you about it. Um, and so they kind of broke it down as like, it's not just listening. It's not trying to fix, solve, or provide like a point of view. It's not disconnecting or d- diminishing the emotional experiences, which we're trying to say with like crying's okay and, and being sad is okay. And even though it might not be rational to them, um, 
it's, it's also, and this is kind of tricky. It's not a one-way conversation. So it's not just like a blank stare. You know, when I was sharing my story about Jack, you, the, the people on listening, the listeners might not have heard you say anything, but you and I do this via video and you were definitely, um, responding to me, right? You were not just, I was not just speaking into the abyss. Um, and I think the hardest part is not being disconnected from your own experience. So there is no way that when I share my story about Jack, that you don't have a lot of feelings that come up about your own loss and you're not supposed to silence those, shut those down, um, uh, kind of lock those away and not feel those things. And that, that's a really that's, I think, where the practice comes in. That's really where that muscle of learning how to hold both experiences, both truths um, at the same time while you're, while you're in that space. Well, and it's like a tricky balance of expressing empathy, right? Like, I feel you, I understand, without making it about you. So taking this back to, like, not something quite so heavy as our, as our lost stories, but, like, this literally happened in my house this morning. I love my husband. I hope he never listens to the podcast because he's a charming and wonderful and supportive human being who is distracting is. my toddler right now as I record at home in the playroom. Um, but I was like, man, I like, I really don't feel good this morning. Like I didn't, I didn't sleep very well. And instead of saying, oh man, that sucks. Like that's the word. He was like, yeah, I don't feel good either. And like walked away. I was like, I'm yes, okay. I'm living apparently well, living with the same man. Yes. Like, <laughs> and he doesn't mean anything by it. It's just like he's like it triggers like, yeah, I don't feel good too every fucking time that I am sick. <laughs> every time I'm sick. He's like, I'm sick. I'm like, you're not no, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is me being immature. Um <laughs> my God. I love it. It's so silly. Sorry. It's so no, it's completely, I completely relate to it in my house. That's why I'm like kind of <laughs> speechless. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I have the same person. We're living with the same person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, I guess I'm curious about what you do as a, what do you do? Um, uh-huh. as a birth doula, um, bereavement doula. Cause you were definitely there for me when we were like navigating those first few days of like all the shit that we went through with Elliot. Um, as you're holding space for others, you know, even as, even as a mom, like as you're holding space for your toddler, how, how are you protecting yourself, like acknowledging and protecting yourself? Does that make sense? Yeah. Question? Yeah. A couple, a couple different things. Cause it could happen a couple different ways. So the first thing I do is definitely recognize that when I'm holding space, there's a difference between holding space for somebody and having a deep conversation with somebody. And if I'm having a deep conversation, then I feel like my opinions, my feelings, not just emotions, but like my feelings when we talk about like hurt feelings are important versus when I'm holding space for somebody, I kind of feel like my, my feelings aren't important right now. This is not, this is, I've given them literal space, physical and emotional space to be completely vulnerable because they might not have that anywhere else. And so if that happens to step on my toes in some way, I take no offense. I take no offense. This is, this is her space. This is not our space. And I say her because I'm working with pregnant mamas. So if it was our space, if we were having a conversation about motherhood, if we were having a conversation about anything that involved us, then I feel that that is a very different space than her space. Um, and so when her space might interfere with my personal opinions, my personal beliefs, religion, politics, the weather, any of those things, um, I don't, I take, I, I just literally repeat, I take like, like, I don't, it's not, it's not my shit. Like that's, that's okay. You know, um, literally the yoga instructor that I'm learning from, like, she just says, that's not my shit. Um, and I think that it's said with love of, um, of, of like, I, I truly believe that, I guess it'd be harder if I didn't believe that, but I truly believe that. Um, and if I didn't feel comfortable holding space for people, I wouldn't do it. So I think that that's being really honest with myself. And some days it's harder than others. Definitely. There's some days where I'm like, Oh, this is the third time I have an appointment today. And like, that can be a big 
not drain. I don't mean that I don't show up with the same amount of love for each mama, but definitely I can like start to feel it in my bones. It's, you know, it's like working out a lot. It's just, it just starts to, your, your um, energy supply kind of starts to dip. Um, so I really try to make sure that I'm, um, you know, not, not overbooking myself or not, um, carrying any baggage from one appointment to the other and not, not taking it on as my own personal shit. And, um, I'm really working on finding a ritual of like, um, self care is one way of saying it for me. It's almost literally a physical, um, and, and I don't mean purge in a bad word, but a physical release of the tensions that get built up when you're in somebody's space and holding space for a really long time. Because I think whether I know it or not, my body is, is starting to like feel what they're feeling. Yeah. And it's clenching or it's, or it's aching or it's hurting or all those things. And so I'm looking for some body work, um, ritual to kind of help me literally release some of those things. So that's, that's kind of where my my rhythm falls for holding space for people for personal care in that way. Right. Right. I think that just, I mean, even acknowledging that like it is a drain, right. And it doesn't mean it's not a drain that you choose to take on, but it does, you know, it, I I can feel it when I work with, it's one of the reasons why like I've set the boundaries of like, you know, I'm only going to take on so many clients at a time, or I'm only going to be able to teach so many classes. It's not the hours that go into it. It's the, um, it's the emotional work that's part of it. And I think that people, people often forget that, um, there's a huge emotional component of what we do. Even just like I get text messages or boxes from clients where I'm like, okay, like, you know, to put your, you put this different hat on and I'm holding space, even just across a text message. Like that's part of my job and I choose this work and I love this work, but it can be it can be really taxing in that space. I think with almost anything, the most rewarding is also going to be the most challenging at times. Oh yeah. And that's always been kind of my personality of like peaks and valleys. Like I love that sort of living, but that doesn't make, it doesn't mean that I have to ride out the valleys with some sort of like, like gritted teeth, like, nope, I'll be fine. This is what I signed up for. Like, no, I can actually (laughs) acknowledge to myself, well, that was really hard or really heavy or really draining or that was long. And I need to, um, acknowledge that, that space in myself. Like, okay, that's, I got to work on this now. I got to help myself rebuild a little bit or, and any of those things, setting boundaries for myself. Um, like you, you know, pointed out like the text messages, you know, I don't know, maybe do you ever, not reply to text messages on like Sundays or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Setting office hours for sure. Yeah. No, my, I, I try to set really clear boundaries with my, um, with my clients and even with like my Instagram inbox. Like I still have, I still let people send me messages cause I love getting messages and I, I love connecting with people, but I also, um, I don't typically respond to things after a certain hour in the evening, unless it's like clearly not like a work related, but I get a lot of questions about like, Hey, I'm pregnant, this, this, and this. And I'm like, Hey, shoot me an email because then I can respond to it. Like during my office hours, I can give it the time and energy that that response deserves rather than like, you don't, if I'm responding to you on an Instagram DM, like I am literally in my kitchen cooking dinner, like with a half naked toddler running around like this, you're not going to get my full brain here. No. (laughs) No. And, um, and recognizing that when people like have, this is a good time, recognizing your best time to hold space and the people that you're going to their best time to hold space because you have a toddler, Liz, I'm not going to call you at 10 PM at night and ask you to hold some space for me over a cup of tea. Like that's not going to happen. It's something I'm struggling with right now with my stepson. He's 18. I love him dearly. He gets home from basketball practice, like eight o'clock, eight thirty. He's like, you know, wants to like share with his day and everything. And I'm like, I mean, I'm on my last straw of energy of like, what? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I recognize that like, I don't make any, I can't hold space for people very well in the evening. That's not my, that's not a strong time for me. And, and so I really try to like stack my, my um, strengths. I try to, st- I try to st- stack those appointments in the morning or, or have those conversations in the morning and stuff like that. So um, recognizing that people are not available at all times of the day in a perfect way. Well, because we're a culture of like instant gratification, right? Like it's you're it's saying a, like the DM. Yeah, it's an instant message. Just send me a message, and yeah. oh, I've seen that you've read this, so why haven't you responded? And I'm like, <gasps> because I'm a human with things going on. 
I don't want people, I please still send me messages. I enjoy them. I get excited I when I see a little number in there. I love them. But. Send us both more messages. No, and I, I do the same thing <laughs> where I have a tendency to read the message and then I kind of like sit on it for a little while and cook up my thoughts. Right. And I agree with you that sometimes I'm sure people are like, you read it. Well, I know, but I, I still I gotta, I gotta think about this. Yeah. So I think like, so we're talking about boundaries and you mentioned like acknowledging your own baggage, right? Or emotions or whatever you're bringing into that space. Um, but I think also like we can talk about maybe, you know, this, this idea of compartmentalizing almost like wearing different hats, mm-hmm. like, especially as a birth worker, like you're coming in, in that world. And like you have Elizabeth Bachner talked about this. Like she has a great, I think it's probably on the birth fit podcast, but she talked about this at summit last year. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. actually a birth junkie. Big birth junkie. Mm-hmm. She's a gem. The vagina is magical t-shirt that I yes. often wart, 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 often wear. Um, you work it. I think that's I what you're trying it. to say. You work it. Yeah. Totally work that shirt. Um, <laughs> that's from her. So props to her. Um, oh, forgot his. Oh, compartmental. You're wearing, you're wearing different hats, right? So like when you're walking into a birth as a doula, like you can't have your mom hat on. You can't have your like Jenny, the volleyball player hat on. You have to have your, I'm the doula hat on. Mm-hmm. And same thing, even when I'm coaching classes and I, um, I have a couple clients right now who have experienced, you know, similar losses to what I've gone through and I can't like, I, I am holding space for them, not as mom who's also experienced loss, but as birth fit coach coach. Yeah. And it's a totally different cause people are like, how do you do that? And I was like, I just like, you, you kind of wall off almost. Right. Right. And I think it's way. also recognizing like who you can show up as that day. Mm-hmm. Like you can show up as the coach. I can show up as the coach. I can do all the coach things and be there for you exactly how a coach is there, which is not just do these exercises. There's a much deeper level of, of holding space, but it's not as deep, personal, heavy of wearing a hat of I'm showing up as a mom that's also had a loss. So you kind of like, you kind of give yourself that, okay, that boundary that like, oh, that's my border today. I'm just in this bucket. I'm just wearing this hat today of coach, of doula, of mom, of volleyball player. As I'm sitting here watching the snow come down, I'm like, oh, the volleyball player's not going to show up for a while. <laughs> uh, it would be so good though. <laughs> I know. It's tangents. Sorry, everybody. Um, I also, I had like made a note about this cause I thought that this was really wonderful when we kind of talk about raising our littles mm. is really, I'm really trying, you know, both of you and I were raised Catholic, which, um, uh, created whether it intended to or not, question for another day, but whether it intended to or not, it definitely created for me an inner voice that was not my own. And so I, um, for a long time, even, I mean, even on this podcast talking to you, I'm like, if I say the word, you know, certain words or certain things, there's like, there's this just ingrained Catholic Jenny that's like, Oh God, is that appropriate? Is that appropriate? Um, and, and I, I do a lot of work to kind of, you know, recognize whether that's my voice or not. But so what I'm trying to do when I'm raising my little is make sure that she's learning her own voice, her own voice. And so when I hold space, even for my little, when we're at the grocery store, let's say, and she walks up and she's got this like, you know, bag of broccoli. Can we get this? And I'm thinking to myself, she's not going to eat the broccoli tonight, but she wants the broccoli and her, her voice is telling her to have the broccoli. Yep. We can get the broccoli. Like I see you, this is you speaking up. This is not... Um, it's not anything else other than me validating, like you have a voice, you have an opinion. I'm not, I'm not in charge of guiding all of your thoughts of, of, of analyzing every decision you want to make and telling you how you should behave. Like that's not parenting. A lot of parenting is just literally physically holding the space and saying like, broccoli. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like that kind of cultivating, whether it's a little person, a spouse, a friend, or a client, letting them learn their own voice and their own wisdom, even if it's what we know to be wrong, unless they're going to harm themselves, they're going to learn about themselves from that. Not they'll learn from that experience. They'll learn that they should have done something else. They're actually going to learn about themselves. How did I get to this point? What did I, what did I feel during this whole experience? Um, what, how do I feel on the other side of this? I mean, they'll just learn without actually learning a lesson, quote unquote. And so I just really love um, watching people listen to their own voice in their head. Yeah, I love that. And I, 
<laughs> no, I was just, I, I was, you did a cute little like head bob there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I think part of that validating, I think you kind of alluded to it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you agree. Right. So at least with, with parenting, we're, we're running into this right now with kind of, um, <clears throat> we can keep, we can keep it on food. Cause that's mo most often when it comes up. Um, Edith likes chocolate because duh. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't like chocolate, but it's okay. weird. <laughs> I know it's fine. <laughs> okay. But we're like running into this. Um, we're like, we go to the store and we might get like a special treat. And like to her, it's a blueberry larvar and that's like her greatest thing in the entire world but I'm not going to buy it for her every time, but she will ask every time. And she knows right where they are at new seasons. And she'll walk over and she'll be like, mommy, blueberry larbar, <laughs> larbar. <laughs> and so, but it's okay. So it's for me, like that kind of validating what she's asking for is like, those are so yummy, right? Like, man, those are so delicious. We're going to get that another time. And then if it turns into a fit, it's validating and acknowledging like, man, I can see you're upset because those are really good and you really want one, don't you? Right? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to get one today, but I like, you know, just again, acknowledging why she's upset or acknowledging what she wants without necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to I think as a parent, there's like this weird line that we're constantly crossing where it's either like, we're always saying no, or we're always saying yes. And like the middle ground is actually just validating and acknowledging what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. And being mm -hmm. like, no, I hear you because we're still parents, right? We're not their friends as awesome as our kids are. Like there's a fine line, right? Right. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, that's at least my experience. And so that's what, that's what we've been working through right now, especially with, <laughs> with like <clears throat> treats. Cause we, um, we were fairly cautious around like the, the sugar realm. <laughs> and so, um, now it's like she like knows what cupcakes are and she knows what all these like sweet treats are and and we're like trying not to I'm not I'm trying really hard not to put my own complex of like my childhood issues with food onto her so I'm trying not to make it like a guilt thing like sugar is bad and I was like well no, no 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 like this is a special treat and wow that's so delicious and super yummy wow that's so great like acknowledging and making all of that totally okay without being like oh my god please don't eat that <laughs> I got kind of tangential on that one. No, I, I completely understand. It's it's like, I like the part where you talked about kind of this in-between zone of not agreeing to something or completely disagreeing to something. And somewhere in the in the middle is validation. It's validation actually isn't agreeing every time with her. Right. And saying like, yeah, that's a great idea. Or yeah, that's the best ever. And it's also not obviously saying like, no, that's a terrible idea. Or that the worst, that's the worst thing ever. Validation is somewhere in the middle of you really want a Lara bar. You really like Lara bars. You really like blueberry flavors, huh? That's awesome. You know, and then coming up with whatever the next sentence is as a parent, right. as the, as the kind of guider in this scenario of my child can't eat Lara bars every day. Um, but so much that, poop. that so much blue poop, the, the validation somewhere in the middle, it's somewhere right. in the middle. It's definitely not disagreeing, but it's also definitely not just agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, I know that we're, we're editing, ebbing towards the end. I mean, my words today. Nope. That's not nope. me either. Um, <laughs> so I had a kind of this like epiphany last night. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about self-care, a lot mm -hmm. about self-care. Right. And it, I always kind of like hate the word. Cause it always, for me, people talk about self-care and like pedicure comes up. I'm like, Oh no, not a, <laughs> and the better word that I kind of liked when we, I was talking yoga, I mean like literally I've been doing yoga 24 hours for like the past four days. It's all in my head. Um, was the word self-practice. And I think Ooh. I kind of like self-practice better than self-care because what it was, was simply holding space for yourself, setting aside space. And so for us, it was 30 minutes and you can do whatever you want in those 30 minutes. I mean, really, you really could, but it was the 30 minutes for you. So that could have been in the yoga world, meditation, movement, reading, journaling, any of those things, but it's a practice and it's a practice of holding space for yourself. So holding space that validates how you feel about what you want to do or what you want to feel in that moment. It's not having any sort of agenda for what you should be doing. F the should. It's, 
And so I, I really encourage practicing holding space for yourself I and, love that. and not, I mean, maybe let's toss self-care and talk about like self-practice. What was my self-practice today? And, and did I, did I um, meet myself for that meeting? Like literally, did I set aside that 30 minutes or an hour and meet myself for that? Or did I let it slip away because Mac needed a snack or I meant to rhyme um, or, you know, Grace wanted to play? Like, did I, did I show up for myself? Right. Literally. I think that, I think that's a great, cause I, I get the same thing, like hashtag self-care and I'm like bubble baths. And for some people, sure. That, that's all well and good. Um, right. I have yet to find a bathtub that works for me. I'm sure you run into the same issue. Totally. Come on. Every, every house and I go into, cause he's a broker, right? So he'll like take me to see houses and stuff and I'll climb in and he'll be like, try this tub. Nope. 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 <laughs> like an ongoing joke. Yeah. Yeah. But that self-practice like that, how are you, yeah, how are you going to hold your, hold space for yourself after, you know, after a birth, like you were talking about, or for me after meeting with a client or even actually after recording podcasts, like after every episode, I'm like, okay, I don't sit down and edit right away. Like I create space between whatever this like stimulus is and mm-hmm. like my, my response. Mm-hmm. And also acknowledging that sometimes in the life of a mom or the life of pregnancy, especially pregnancy and mom, like not in that big middle birth event, mm-hmm. the days um, maybe don't have anything that jumps out as, well, I need to, I need to heal from that, or I need to process right. that, or I need to, but you still should show up for yourself on any given day. And cause little things come up, little things come up that are really wonderful if you have time to practice. Right. Well, and it's kind of like a, um, Self-care shouldn't be reserved for this, for like emergency purposes, right? For this like, oh my God, the world is ending. I need to go like take a 10 day vacation because the world is going to blow up in my face. Like that's what, that's what I'm actually feeling right now. Like I've got a lot of shit on my plate and I'm like, but if I know this, if I had like taken better care of myself, like this kind of almost like slow as fast mantra that we talk about. Um, where you're like, okay, you know, 30 minutes every day are dedicated to some sort of self-practice, whatever that could look like journaling movement. Those are the two that are coming to my brain right now. Yeah. Cause that's, cause that's honestly for you, you know, for me, that's I'm like me. reading that's, that right. to me is showing up for me. So they're, they're literally, you could do anything you want in that 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. just really show up for that 30 yeah. minutes. And if, and if that became like a consistent practice, we probably wouldn't experience the swing of burnout that's so common in motherhood, right? right? Because we're just constantly go, 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 go until we literally cannot. Right. So completely ding. Boom. Ding. And that's it. (laughs) End episode. Yeah. End it right there. I love it. I love it. I want to go take my 30 minutes. Everybody break. (laughs) Okay. We'll come back in 30 minutes. Perfect. Maybe we should just do an episode where nothing is happening, but the mom's going to be like, I'm, I'm listening to the podcast. Sorry. I'm listening to the podcast. Oh, that's good. It's your self-practice. It'll be It's code. your self-practice. <laughs> I can't. I can see the earbuds are in. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any plans for self-practice today? Oh, I should. I did a lot of self-practice yesterday called napping. <laughs> good. Um, but no, today I, I am bound and determined to do a little bit of movement. Cause like I can feel it in my energy and in my bones. <laughs> um, when I don't, and it, that hasn't been something that I've been doing in the last couple of weeks, just because life has been extra lifey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to get back to that. And then not, not like working out as like an aesthetic thing or like, I gotta like sweat, but I just need to take 30 minutes to move mm-hmm. without worrying about anything else. I posted a video the other day on the Instagrams <laughs> that was l- probably a really realistic peek into my life of, um, I was attempting to do a workout with my MPAC, make dinner and chase Edith, like literally all at the same time. Like I would like do a carry down and back, stir the mushrooms, do the carry down and back, do the squats, argue with Edith about who gets to sit on the mat, you know, anyway. So. Like if you manage to get all that done, that's amazing. But that like that really can't be our standard for ourselves. No, it? it's awful, and like nobody's benefiting. Like the dinner was delicious, but the workout was terrible, and Edith was frustrated because I kept standing on the mat. So like only one of those three things got done well. 
No. And I actually, I, I disagree that the food might've been delicious, but for you, the act of making food is really where your creative juices and really where your happiness flows from. And so you robbed yourself of that experience. Just why you got to point that out? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. We should have ended the episode about a minute and a half ago. My God, bad. It's fine. But no, but it's true. It's totally true. I was not doing a good job of holding space for myself in any of those aspects or for her. Right. 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 Because no. sometimes we'll, we'll work out together. Like we can do that together. But if I'm also trying to make dinner, like if I'm adding a fifth activity into that, it's not going to happen. No distractions on holding space. I feel like for me is the hardest one. I'm always, my brain is always trying to pull me in different directions. I could be doing this like this. I could be working out with Mac or I could be pushing Grace instead of working out like, oh my God, just show up, make up your mind and do it. And it's right. probably going to be fantastic, but don't just be in the now. Just keep being in the now. What about you? Self-practice for you? today. Well, so the yoga training is still going on. So that's right. going to be, yeah, it's two, it's a 200 hour training. Oh <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so that will be later on this afternoon. I don't even remember the times. And, um, and so that's lovely for my soul, but also in that she, the teacher, um, literally sets aside 30 minutes for you to do self-practice. So she's the one kind of that has like started to make this a better ritual in my life. So, um, it will be definitely involved movement and reading and um, it's kind of sitting in, in the piece of a really sweet energy room because all those people that are showing up right now, are, you know how it is when you go into those spaces and energy is good. So kind of getting to share that and soak some of that up is all, is all my self-practice today. I love that. Yeah. Aww. And if I can manage to get out of here in the next hour, I have birth fit fitness this morning, but, um, literally as we're talking, all my mom are texting, like, are we still on? Are we still on? <laughs> so oh gosh, yeah, my class, I'm headed to my class now too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. My plan is definitely to go there. I might be walking, but I, I want to like, after doing yoga, I want to like lift some weights. Like I want this. Right. So I'm, I, there's like an itch in my body that needs to, needs to be scratched and that's in the weight room. Sorry. I think we should end it there. Perfect. <laughs> That's just the grossest image anybody's ever thought of. Awesome. Well, my dear, you have a wonderful day. <laughs> Perfect. What was the weird one I started with too that we were like, oh, that's, oh, strange love. I need more strange love. love. Perfect. I need more strange love and a weird itch to be scratched. Oh my God. Not related. You can find me in the weight room. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. my gosh, Mom. it was great to, to talk about this with you and um, be reminded about the importance of, of all these things. I really I love this topic. Yes, me too. Have a wonderful day. You too. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Yay! Thanks so much for tuning into the Beyond Birth podcast love what you're hearing we'd be so thrilled if you'd subscribe rate and leave a review for our podcast wherever you enjoy listening until next time 